Mastering the Craft of Innovation. There's a wonderful computer game originally developed back in the 1980s called Elite. You can still find versions of it today. It was a simple but enthralling game involving learning to pilot a spacecraft and then crisscrossing the universe in a series of interplanetary trading activities. So the early stages were all about mastering the craft skills of being a pilot, crashing repeatedly as you tried to dock with a space station, managing to load your first cargo, and then being attacked and shot down by pirates, finally making it to your destination and turning a small profit on your trading mission. But over time, you got better, developed your skills and capabilities, began to make more adventurous journeys. Now, although this was set far into the future, uh, there's a kind of resonance with a much older model, that of the medieval craftsmen. The guilds were pretty good at managing vocational training, with a system which still has value today. Whether you were going to be a stonemason, wheelwright, thatcher or blacksmith, your training followed the same path. You'd start at the bottom, learning as an apprentice through a mixture of formal training at the hands and often the fists of a master who would mentor your progress through a long sequence of mistakes. But eventually your learning paid off. You were released out into the wider world as a journeyman, able to take your trade and practice it alone. Note the word practice. You still had plenty to learn, but you did this now by accumulating a variety of different experiences, working on different projects. Eventually there'd come a day when you'd built up enough hard-won craft knowledge to be able to spend your time not only building cathedrals, but also passing on your knowledge to another wave of apprentice stonemasons. You'd become a master craftsman. Now, the idea of learning a craft offers us a useful metaphor for the world of innovation. We know it's not magic. Creating value from ideas doesn't simply happen when a light bulb flashes above someone's head. It involves a journey, one as fraught with uncertainty and nasty surprises as any of my interstellar jaunts. And whilst each journey is unique, there's a pattern to them, which is shared. Innovation involves key stages from ideation right through to capturing value. Whether we're in the public or the private sector, working in a startup or part of a large established organization, the same challenges emerge. Making the journey is going to require considerable skill if we're to avoid crashing somewhere along the way. But learning these skills doesn't have to be a matter of trial and error alone. Just like our medieval guilds, there's a wealth of accumulated experience which can help. In the case of managing innovation, we've been studying and sharing knowledge about making the journey for around a 100 years. That's a valuable resource to draw upon. And we need it. The evidence is clear. Most innovations fail. In the early stages of development, most new ideas for products or services fall by the wayside. And even those that make it as far as being launched fail to scale. The same figures almost certainly apply to process innovation, changes in how we work inside our organisations, but we rarely get to see them. Now, we shouldn't be surprised at this. After all, we're talking about an uncertain process. 
By its nature, there are going to be surprises as we make our journey. The technology won't work. The market isn't really there or doesn't want what we thought. Competitors have stolen a march on us and launched a better alternative. The government changes the regulatory rules of the game. And so on. Uncertainty is a fact of innovation life. But it doesn't mean we have to sit back and accept it as our fate. Research consistently shows that there are things we can do to stack the deck more in our favour. And these come down to learning the craft of managing innovation. Let's take an example. The humanitarian aid sector is, by any stretch of the imagination, a challenging world to work in. But it's one which has innovation right at the centre. We sometimes speak about innovation as a matter of survival. But in the world of disasters, natural or man-made, it is literally so. Unless we can find solutions, and fast, to problems of providing clean water, food, healthcare and shelter, vulnerable people are at serious risk. Thankfully, it's a world where innovation happens extensively. And whilst the demand side remains almost overwhelming in scale, the availability of innovations to help deal with it is improving. But there are plenty of challenges to making the journey from great ideas to creating this kind of value. We'd recognise the same themes from elsewhere in the innovation world. How to move from a value proposition, which is a theory about how we might possibly create value, to creating a robust solution which actually does. And even if we get that far, prototyping and developing our way to a successful pilot, the bigger journey still lies ahead of us. How to move it to scale. Now part of this solution to these puzzles lies in capacity building, developing the skills and capabilities needed in the people who work in the sector, meeting the challenge of learning the craft of innovation. There's been a lot of interest in this over the past 10 years, and the sector is slowly moving to a position where innovators recognise that success is more than just luck, and they're working to master the skills and capabilities around managing innovation. Developing training programmes around the challenge of building robust business models, learning to use key tools in innovation management, mastering the required skills to handle the journey to scale, there's a great deal now available to support the learning process. Let's think a bit about building capability. Back in the days of my space exploration and learning to become an elite pilot, there was another feature to the game. When you'd earned some money, you could refit your spacecraft, putting in stronger shields, faster engines, more powerful weaponry. Eventually, your ship became a key part of your capability, a vessel able to cross the universe and arrive safely at its far-flung destination. In our innovation world, the same applies. Success is not just about skilled individuals, it's also about the organisations in which they operate. Rather than stumble through innovation as a trial and error process, Organisations evolve innovation capability through embedding the skills and capabilities associated with success in structures and processes. They become patterns of behaviour which form the way we do things round here, our innovation culture. They're dealing with generic challenges, but each organisation finds its own version. They have 
innovation personalities which characterise them. Think of some examples. 3M is a famous role model, consistently achieving impressive innovation performance over a lifetime, well in excess of over 100 years. That's not down to luck. Their ability to repeat the innovation trick is all about learning and embedding their own versions of routines around things like giving people space and time to explore their famous 15% policy or using communities of practice to ensure regular sharing of ideas. It's worth looking at the experience of other organisations who are members of what we might call the 100 Club, those that have survived and continued to thrive through innovation over a period of a century or more. They exist in all sorts of shapes and forms, but have one thing in common a set of routines containing what they've learned about successful innovation management. They're not alone. Toyota's strong position as one of the world's most productive car makers over decades isn't an accident. It's evolved ways of innovating particularly around its processes, a version of lean manufacturing which is called the Toyota way. This bundle of routines includes placing strong emphasis on enabling all employees to participate regularly in incremental innovation, Kaizen. And it also extends to the ways in which it works with its networks of suppliers, drawing them into a system which continuously innovates around quality, cost and delivery. Pixar has routines particularly associated with managing the creative process in its films, allowing for challenge and conflict so that the movie continuously evolves through a process of learning by pivoting around what isn't working as well as what is. This theme of routines is an idea whose time has perhaps come. We even have the International Standards Organization promoting guidelines for innovation management inside an innovation management system. So to recap, thinking about learning the craft of innovation. That innovation question remains the same. How do we create value from ideas? But the context in which we try to answer it is constantly changing. And so we need to have the ability to update and extend our routines, our skills and our capabilities on a regular basis. If we're serious about innovation in our organisations, then it's worth investing in the learning to enable it, both at the individual level and in the context of building the organisation as a whole. Mastering the craft of innovation. Now, a little commercial here. If you're interested in this theme of managing innovation and particularly how we might master the craft of it, you might find my online course, Mastering the Craft of Innovation, of interest. In true agile innovation spirit, this is an evolving concept, so any comments or feedback would be very welcome. Uh, you can find out more details at the link on the website. Mm -hmm.